0: Hey guys, welcome to this podcast. I'm so excited in this episode. I was interviewed by Nana and he asked me what were my thoughts about the current coronavirus situation. And in this podcast episode, I want you to listen to the end because at the end, I actually share a company which I think one can potentially profit if we invest in it in this current situation.
1: Okay, this is my favorite part. Share with us what are your thoughts on the current market situation. Right. It's it's been crazy and so (laughs) many people have different ideas on how to you know ride
0: this downward trend, you know. What 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 are your thoughts?
1: Especially for new
0: investors. Right. I think let's talk about new and existing investors. Right. I think a lot of people are overrating how much money they can make in the downturn. And they're underrating how much money they can make in the long run. Mm. So let me explain. When a recession comes, market historically falls about 50 percent, and all. So if something goes down by fifty percent and it goes back up, you'll double your money, right? In that short year. Um, so yeah, this kind of yeah, uh, this group of people who wants to time the market, and you know, if they time it, you know, they will announce that you know they're are geniuses and. I mean, good for them. You know, they really made their money. Um, But the problem is, when you have this mindset, when a when a recession is over, you're going to be the first guy to sell your stocks. Mm. You're going to be the first guy to sell away your companies, right? Because you have really made hundred percent. And if you're someone who is not long term minded, you you'll be really worried. If you'll be very anxious and worried. Because you want to cash out your profits, because yes. you're just afraid that a next crash will come and, you know, because you're always so obsessed with timing the market. But what most people don't realize is that if you could find a company that can compound and grow its earnings by 15% for the next 10 years mm-hmm. after the recession, you're going to make so much more money than making that Short-term. 100% mm-hmm. during the recession. right? So, are you playing this for the long game, right? A recession comes once every ten years, statistically, right? Uh, once maybe in the future we might see more recessions coming in, you know, maybe, maybe one every, once every five years. But statistically speaking, the market is only crashing once every ten years, mm. and the market is going to do well nine, nine, nine times nine out of ten years. Mm. So you should be not worried at all by a recession or by a crash. If you are someone who's long term, because you know that you know the top markets will keep doing, like your companies will keep doing well. Simply because of inflation, right? Inflation, Why, why inflation? Because as long as the prices of goods and services go up by five percent every single year, your companies can charge five to ten, sorry, five percent more every single year, right? So just with inflation, your company will grow its earnings, mm-hmm. right? Because charge higher, you can earn more money, right? So a lot of people are underrating how much money you can make in the long term, but they're overrating how much money you can make in the short term. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think, you know, I have met a lot of people who could have been and should have been billionaires. Mm-hmm. But because of this short term thinking, even though they caught the recession in 2008, mm-hmm. they bought really great companies like Master Visa. So after the recession was over, They sold off their stocks and started waiting for the next recession. So can you imagine someone waiting since 2008? It's been 12 years and they're missing a ton of money. So that's the thing, right? You have to have a very, what I would call a a coherent mindset, Mm. right? So it's very tempting for a long-term investor to suddenly become very short-term in thinking. Uh, when you when you see the stock prices going down, and I don't blame anyone for it. it it's just human psychology. It you just feel um, it's just very easy to be greedy, mm. right? So that's the problem when you are not disciplined in following a framework, right? Because on one hand you'll be thinking about oh, you know what if uh, the recession comes, and uh, let's say when the economy recovers, you'll be thinking oh, when's the next recession? But on the other side, you're thinking but I should be long term. So you have. A conflict of two different beliefs that are very, very different, and that will sabotage you in the long run, right. right? So, I have been telling some of my community members, you know, they show they have shown me their portfolios, and it was so obvious that they have violated certain um, rules that they have set for themselves, right? Because I I don't impose rules on people, right? Because how you manage your portfolio is really up to you, yeah. right? It should be something that's comfortable to you. So I asked them, you know, like, why do they behave a certain way? And I realized that they have these two ideas that's conflicting each other in their heads and that caused them to do certain things that are not really uh, great for them, right? Yeah. And they started losing money. So, you know, it's about sitting down and really asking yourself, what's, one strategy that can really work for me consistently, not just for one year, right? For the next five to 10 years. And really asking yourself, do I want to commit to this strategy? Like seriously asking yourself genuinely, right? Have like, do I really want to commit to this strategy? And if the answer is yes, And think about it right think about all the different scenarios think about what could work for you so for example if you're someone who's very passive there's someone who always is is always very busy with work i would think you're you're a very busy guy because i mean you're a startup right do you want or i like what what suits you do you want to be uh, a guy who collects companies and just let the CEOs and CFOs CTOs work for you or do you want to be more active and you know um, buy and sell companies in the next Uh, Very quickly in a period of three months, four Mm -hmm. months, five months. So once you really start asking yourself these questions, what have I been doing, right? You, you, you. So I always like to, I always like to tell my members, right? Print your transaction history for the past two years, and go down the line for each transaction. Ask yourself, why did I make this buy or sell decision? And you'll start finding loopholes in your <laughs> thinking and your mental model, right. right? So I think this is very yeah. underrated. Sitting down, having this time with yourself right. for like a day. Mm-hmm. Do we think about the next five to ten years? Do we challenge yourself? Is this the framework that I want to adopt for the next five to ten years? I think that is underrated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No one in the world right now, in the right mind, will sit down on a Sunday or like a Saturday, like today, to think about you know what is something that I really want to do. I want to. What, what are my first principles, right? So when we talk about first principles, um, you know I'm a fan of Ray Dalio. So first principles are really the truths that govern the entire world, right? So first principles are things like, for example, in physics we have um, yeah. F equals M A or like this go to M C square. MC square yeah. 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 These are like yeah. the the universal truths and why and we realize that people who are really good in a certain thing, not just in academia, but for example, in the industry, they are all, if, if you do observe these people, they are people who are helped by first principles. They have certain principles that they have and they tell themselves that I'll be living by these principles for the rest of my life, right? And, you know, as for starting, right, if you understand the first principles really well and you truly understand it and you follow it, you're going to do well in any subjects, right? Be it biology, chemistry, physics, math, right? You follow the first principles, you are fundamentally really strong in your first principles, you'll do well in all your subjects. And this is not just in academia, in any kind of industries. And why is Warren Buffett doing so well in investing? Because he had first principles, Mm -hmm. which were very, very logical, right? Buying good companies at a fair price, right? And these companies have to be in high quality. High quality companies, yeah. So, so, so it's a the first principle is, is just two very simple, basic first principles, right? Buying good companies mm. at fair price or at a cheap price, mm. yeah. So as long as you follow these two first principles, you're going to be safe. You're going to be good, right. yeah. And a lot of people forget their first principles mm. along the way, and I have to tell you, it's not easy because I have been a victim, or I have been, um, I I have been through that period where. It's just so seductive to find and chase after hot money and fast money, right? But you realize that as you start having your first principles, you know, you will become a better person. You'll become better in whatever you do, be it investing, be it videography, right? So, I mean, for photography, the first principles is obviously the wanted rule. You get it right all the time. Everything's going to look really, really nice, right? So, you know, I think that if you were to ask any investor on the street, what are your first principles for investing? Most, most can't really tell you. <laughs> most can't really tell you a very logical uh, first principle that they told you. So, you know, you want to start asking yourself, like, what's your first principle in whatever you're doing? And I think your life would just be tremendously better. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay, folks, before we end, there's this game we play, and um, it's like this. When I mention anything, what comes to mind, say it. Right, or, okay, okay. So, we want to, play, we want to try with uh, Jonathan. So, Jonathan, first word chicken, nuggets, <laughs> okay, um, beach. sand, water, okay, and uh, this one you're not
0: expecting, uh, uh, my cockles, <laughs> the juicy cockles. <laughs> oh my god, this is like so interesting. Okay, Is guys, this like a survey or something? You no, know, it's, 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 it's
1: just fun, you know. Right. At, at the end of every interview, we have something just to um, um hide from the the whole uh, interview. And um guys, we are so thankful for Jonathan for making time to share his journey yeah. as an entrepreneur. And he also shared about um, the current situation in the stock market. Stick yeah. with your first principles. Um, it's 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 very easy to to be tempted to make. A quick buck that's what he, he said but um, if you uh, if you stick to the, your principles in investing I think you would do well in the, in the long term yeah.
0: you know that any final words
1: before we close
0: up I think that I'm going to throw in a bonus yeah. for your listeners and I think the number one thing that uh, many people are asking like you know okay I, I have a brokerage account I have the money I, I just don't know how to start Like, right. so what, what, what should I look okay? at so I think the number one um Thing that I will advise people who know nothing about investing is to consider buying the S and P five hundred right. uh, using a dollar cost averaging method. So if you don't understand what dollar cost averaging, it's a bit hard for me to explain. through just was well, just Google it up. We have, fanta- we have a lot of articles, a lot of people explaining the math behind dollar cost averaging and why it works. So what exactly is the S and P five hundred? and P five hundred is the top five hundred companies in the U S. So what? happens is if you buy one stock of the S&P 500, you are buying the top 500 companies in the US. And the thing about the S&P 500 is that it's like cheating in an exam, right? When you buy in the S&P 500, you are cheating, mm. you are cheating the market. Why do I say so? Because how it works is that in the S&P 500, if the 500-year mm. company goes bankrupt, right. okay? What's going to happen is that the 501st company will be promoted into the 500th company. Right? So your S&P 500 will never go to zero mm-hmm. unless all the companies in the US goes bankrupt. Wow. Yeah, So that's kind of like a, a cheat right, right. <laughs> that most fund managers don't have. right? I mean, if you're managing a your fund, if you lost money on a company or a company goes bankrupt, it's, it's a real zero, loss. Right. Right? You, you, you don't get to replace the stock right. <laughs> with another thing. But S&P 500 allows you to do that. And for the past hundred years, I'm not talking about five months, I'm not talking about one year, two years, I'm talking about the past hundred years, right? Going through all the epidemic, going through your world wars, going through your financial crisis, right? The p 500 has been going up at a rate of about 7%, adjusted for inflation, mm. right? 7%, including the dividends that's been reinvested. Mary. So, you know, your best bet is your S&P 500. Why? Right? Most fund managers don't even bid. The S and P five hundred. In fact, they're underperforming. So, if you're buying a fund from a fund manager, take a look, right? Are they beating the S and P five hundred? Because the S and P five hundred is the market, right? right? It represents the U.S. market. It represents the prosperity of how well the U.S. market is doing. Um, So, for folks who are slightly more educated in investing, um, just a disclaimer: this is not a recommendation to buy or sell. Um, This is just how I think about companies, right? And I do not, um, if you really want uh, to have investment advice, you should go for a professional who's certified to advise you. Um, So, I'm looking at this, um, so I I have some questions asking me, hey, John, you know, I want to buy into companies that are very, very safe, right? For example, Facebook and Microsoft. And these are really, really very, very very strong companies, right? Microsoft is the world's largest company, right? It's worth $1 trillion, Mm -hmm. even after the Thirty percent correction. Uh, Facebook is uh, your world's biggest like uh, advertising company. Uh, you, you look at Facebook, you have Facebook ads, have Instagram ads, WhatsApp is not monetized right now. So, uh, I some people ask me, you know, which company should I buy? And here's my opinion, right? Just my opinion. Yeah. So both companies, I would think they are growing their earnings every single year. They do not have, um, so. They do not have debt. Okay, Microsoft has debt, but they could easily just use... Uh, Microsoft has $70 billion worth of debt, but they have $130 billion of cash in their bank account as of the last quarter, right? So they could just easily you know, pay off the debt easily. Right? Facebook doesn't have debt as well, right? They could, even if they had, they could easily just pay off with the amount of cash in their bank account. So my thought on Microsoft and Facebook uh, is this, right? I would choose Microsoft over Facebook. Mm. So a lot of people think, you know, oh, Microsoft is like a trillion dollar company. You know, can they really grow? If you were to look back in the past year, they actually grew their earnings by twenty percent.
1: Mm.
0: Can you imagine a one trillion dollar company growing by twenty percent? That's a that's a flying elephant. <laughs> that's a flying elephant, right? And we don't really see much flying elephants in the in the, in the stock market. And the thing about Facebook is that you know somehow. You know, I don't know why, but Congress is always attacking Mark Zuckerberg, and they are trying to you know, break up Facebook because of antitrust laws. You know, they feel that uh, Facebook is a huge monopoly, which I find it an irony because I mean Google has been a monopoly in, in, in the field, in the field itself, right? Uh, but if you were to look at Microsoft, Bill Gates has really gone through his fair share of antitrust laws. Back then, you know, Congress saying that Bill is evil, you know, he's out there to make money, um, and he went through that period of hard time. And right now, Bill and Melinda Gates, I mean, they form a foundation. And there's no dispute that Bill is one of the most influential, is one of the biggest givers in the entire yeah. world. So I think it would just be a political disaster for any politician to attack Microsoft mm. and attack Bill Gates. Yeah. Right? Because Bill Gates has, has really gone through that. And there's no dispute that he has donated billions of dollars to help the world, to help the US. And in the recent uh, times, where you know, President uh, China's President Xi Jinping yeah. actually personally thanked Bill Gates for helping them and giving them the the, the studies that uh, Bill and uh, that Bill Gates have and his foundation has done yes. over the years. In fact, he has been talking a lot about pandemics even yeah. before yeah. the COVID yeah. came. Yeah. Right? he has spent an enormous amount of money, right, using uh, trying to use AI to help to um, predict where the spread is going to come. Right, so I feel that Bill he has gone through his fair share of view and there's no reason for Congress to break up Microsoft. Mm-hmm. No reason at yeah. all. You think about it, most of the systems in corporate America, not just corporate America, corporate... Worldwide, I mean. All the, all yeah. the corporates worldwide, they are all using Microsoft systems. Right? So if you were to break up Microsoft, you are breaking up the entire business world. right? So many softwares are run on Microsoft OS. So many people are run using Microsoft teams, some people are using Microsoft systems, even the US defense system, the US uh, defense force, they're using Microsoft, right, for their system. So if you break up Microsoft, you're pretty much breaking up a lot of systems that are right right now out there in the world, and that would be too disruptive for corporate America or whatever it is, right, and I think that Congress will not do that, it's just too much of an economic impact, right, if you do that, and if you break up Microsoft, who else can it go through? I, I don't think Mac OS can no. handle this kind of like no. hardcore you know hardcore computing when it comes to like for example uh, defense or maybe in the field of research or you know in a field of like uh, let's say uh, you know carrying out large operations yeah. right. So I don't think that will ever happen. But if you tell me if Congress breaks up Facebook, I don't think the world will be broken up. Mm. Yeah. So if you think about that entrenchment of Microsoft in today's world, right? I think they're really heavily entrenched, and most things run on Microsoft OS right? right. and Microsoft systems. But if, if, if were to ask me the same question, without Facebook, would the world crumble? I would not think so. People can still use Google. Uh, people can complain about it, but I don't think it'll be a huge disruption right. to the economy. Right. So that's just my view. If that's you really, yeah, <laughs> if you really want a better uh, a company, a better flying elephant, I think Microsoft is something that you can consider. And not forgetting that uh, we have this new CEO called uh, Nadella, uh, Satya Nadella. He has been so. I'm not. I'm going to sound a bit racist here, but I'm, I'm not trying to be racist. But we we have seen a lot of Indian CEOs come on corporate America, and they are absolutely fantastic. Right? I'm not saying that the Chinese are bad, or <laughs> the Americans yeah. are bad, but I think there's something about the, the Indians. They are just very technically well versed. Right. Uh, they're very data driven. So. You know they are very, uh, especially now when more and more companies are moving in the software as a substitution economy, right? More and more services are tech services yeah. rather than you know your uh, services that require human uh, humans to uh, to happen, right? So you have uh, Satya Nadella uh, coming out with like Microsoft Teams, yeah. and he has boosted the margins of Microsoft a lot. So I won't be surprised if Microsoft continues growing. A of 10 to 20 percent for the next 10 years and you can just pull out your excel sheet right what is that 10 if you were to um if you were to combine your money at 10 to 15 percent for the next 10 years that will i think three to four three to four times your money and not forgetting that you are buying in my opinion i think microsoft right now is cheap right it's current valuations is cheap um, you know Obviously, how I value things is different from how other people value things. What's share price now? It's, if I'm not wrong, I can't remember, but the multiple is 19 times. Okay. Yeah, I think it's about 150 bucks. Fair okay. kind. Kind of, yeah. So, that's just my opinion. It's not a recommendation by yourself. Um, I'm just sharing my yeah, thought process yeah. when I look at Microsoft. Um, you know, I just think that it's something that's overlooked because mm-hmm. people think that it's a $1 trillion company and it can't scale. And in fact, Microsoft, it's a business that can scale really well even though it's so big because they don't require more humans to provide more services, right? Like, I don't need to hire a new employee just to push up Microsoft Teams, right? Because, I mean, most people already have the Microsoft OS on their computer. So it's almost no cost to earn more money. But in the traditional kind of business, if I want to have a factory to earn more money and to buy more machines and hire more workers, I get an incremental cost just to earn the extra right, revenues. Right. Right. But for Microsoft, you earn more money without doing extra costs. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I think that um, if, I mean, Nana, you, you you have a duty to, you know, edit this fast so that people can listen yeah. to this because yeah, this I'm is time-sensitive. I, <laughs>
1: I think this will be my next uh, upload. I'll, I'll do it uh, as soon as possible. Yeah. There was one today, but uh,
0: immediately after yeah. the upload, <laughs>
1: people need to here.
0: Yeah, and um, I will say people who want to invest right now, okay, there, are two, there, are two, there are two ways to think about it. I was just sharing with Nana. So, we don't know if this will become a recession. No one knows, right? Anyone who claims that they can, they know for sure, You know, I think you should not trust them. If you look at history, no one has been able to predict recessions consecutively right, right for many, many years. No, no one has been able to do it. But what we do know is that the virus, the, the coronavirus may hit uh, the economy. And that is why it's important to buy companies that are cash rich yeah. so that we can type through this time. And that's why I talk about Microsoft, right? Microsoft is easily churning $40 billion of cash into their business every mm-hmm. single year, free cash, right? Free cash flow, $40 billion. And so there's two things to go, there's two ways to go about it, right? So number one, you can buy some companies, Right. You can let's say uh, let's just do a, a, a scenario. Let's say you have maybe um, uh, ten thousand dollars, right, or maybe like two thousand dollars. Let's let's just use two thousand dollars. Ten thousand maybe too much for people, right? I would say put aside one thousand dollars, invest in certain companies that you're confident in, right. Keep aside another thousand dollars. You know, just keep it there because we don't know when the re- we don't know if this will become a for re- recession. So, if it does become a fall recession, that's where you can at least have some money to average down and buy more. There can be another scenario where, you know, um, just like SARS, the coronavirus disappears overnight. Yeah. And uh, because of weather, plus, you know, summer's coming, it's hot, viruses don't really survive, do really well in uh, hot weather, uh, or like a vaccine comes, right? The markets will definitely rebound. Right, because the market is always forward-looking. Mm-hmm. Right, so the market is kind of priced in a recession already. Right, that's why you kind of see like a huge fall. So, when that news comes up, you're going to miss out, right? Because the thing will rebound, and suddenly you'll be fighting with many, many buyers who will suddenly flood the market because suddenly everyone is optimistic. So that's the worst time to buy, because you're fighting with everyone, and when everyone fights, if, uh, fight to buy companies. The prices of companies will keep going up really, really quickly. Yeah. Right. so how fast it came out will be how fast it's uh, gonna go up right so you know I have heard of people from the 2008 uh, from the 2008 recession telling me that they are waiting they have been waiting and waiting and waiting and when the recession came they still kept waiting and by the time the recession is over they missed out and right. they don't let and, and they don't let it buy it anymore yeah so how you think about this is that you know you want to think yourself as a capitalist, right? What does a capitalist do? A capitalist deploys money into assets mm-hmm. that can go over the long run, right? So if you're holding too much cash, you're not a capitalist because, you know, your, your money is obviously rotting away at a at rate of inflation, right? So I, I, I want you to picture yourself, you know, uh, right now in, the, in your head, right? The only way to become really wealthy is to keep collecting assets that can... Generate cash for you right. in the long run, and these assets can be in the form of companies, right? Buying stocks, it can be in the form of uh, you know creating a business for yourself, right? So I think the most wish free way is buying mm. companies because companies that are already listed, right, where you can buy in terms of stocks, these are companies that have proven to be uh, good companies. They have products that people love, absolutely love, right? So obviously, if you want to come with your own company, there are some risks. I'm not saying it's not worth taking. Uh, I would definitely encourage anyone to start a business, just that if you are more conservative, you do not have much money, you don't risk it. Right? Think about stocks as assets, right? Mm. real companies, right? you're buying real companies, the CEOs, right? they report to you every single quarter, right. yeah, you're a shareholder of the company, Yeah, a legitimate legal owner of a company. So you want to picture yourself collecting these assets over the long run, and these assets will actually grow. For you, mm. right? Without you needing to do anything, right? You you don't have to go to the meetings, you know. You don't have to tell the employees to work a certain way. You have to manage employee problems. You have to manage cash flow problems. Everything is done for you by the CEO, right? And these assets will grow for you for the long run, right? So a lot of people who are short-term thinking, right? They'll just keep trying to uh, do what I call arbitrage trades, right? Buy uh, buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. But really, the real way to become really wealthy is to accumulate assets over the long run. So I think now is a time where you can consider accumulating some assets right. when the market is cheap. Because if you think about it, if you're a long-term investor, right, you claim that you're a long-term investor and you're okay with investing things in the long run. Right? Does it matter if you buy Amazon back then at $50 or $100? It doesn't matter. Right? Does it matter if I, if I bought Visa at uh, $15 or $30? It doesn't matter, right? because now Visa has about $100. Why, why did Visa go so well? Because it's earnings grew over the long run, right? So, you know, I have a feeling we're going to look at ourselves today and we'll be laughing at, at ourselves like, does it matter if I buy Microsoft at $150 or let's say if a recession comes tomorrow? And I'm going to sound very dumb, right? Telling people to buy something know, I'm going to sound very dumb, right? In the short run, mm. right? Let's say if it's $150 today, and you no know, poof, the recession recession comes, market falls further. Microsoft is at hundred dollars, right? Does, is it going to matter ten years later when Microsoft is one thousand dollars, or maybe five hundred dollars? Are you going to complain that you bought Microsoft at one hundred fifty dollars instead of one hundred dollars? No, you're not going to complain, right? So that's power of thinking long term, right? This little amount of money that you can earn in the short run doesn't matter anymore. Of course, you seeing things so big picture, and when you see things so, in a, in such a big picture manner, the chances of succeeding is going to be very 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 high. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I, think I need time to digest. Yeah. This. I mean, viewers, this is really um, a good uh, um, advice, and I will love you, I will love you guys to take time and uh, listen to this and take action. And I, I would say, if you want a school whereby you can learn investing fundamentals and have good mentorship, I recommend 10X Capital. They're really superb. Thank you. <laughs> so um, that's, that's all we have time for. So hope to catch you
0: next time. Enjoy. We have come to the end of this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed and learned something from it. And I really highly recommend that you take a look at Microsoft. If you are keen in what Nana is doing, follow him on social media. I'll be attaching links in the podcast details. If you like this podcast, the biggest way you can give back to me is to share this podcast with more people. And I will be truly grateful to you. If you want to interact with me, follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching Jang, the Investor, J-A-N-G, The Investor. I'll see you in the next episode.